1: Hello, hello, and welcome back! Thank you for joining us again for another week. This week and a Happy New Year! This is going to come out in our brand new year of twenty twenty one. Yay! Mm-hmm. This week I have both Alisa and Heidi with me. Hello. hello. So exciting to have you guys both together again. Mm-hmm. Um, how was your holidays? Everybody did good, recovering well. Yes. Same yes. old. <laughs> <laughs> Trugging along. Yeah.
0: It was a year this year where we couldn't go here there and everywhere but somehow it was still very busy. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah so true. eh? Um, So this week's episode uh, with 2021 there's the potential of a lot of moves right. So we could be moving houses moving from an apartment to a house. We could be moving out of in-laws. We could be building. There's all sorts of things that could be happening when it comes to moving. And one of the big pieces, especially when we move, when we have children, is how we're going, how are we going to help them adjust as best as we can? And this, again, we know that our children are going to adjust, right? Eventually, yes, your child will adjust, but as with everything, we always want to just try and make it a little bit easier, try and help them through a little bit faster. So we're going to kind of talk through some of the practical things when it comes to moving. And then we're going to talk through a little bit of that emotional stuff too, because that's a big piece to it, even if they're little, little guys.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you can prepare a little bit for that move, what you want to do is make sure that you're packing their room last Mm -hmm. and you are unpacking their room in the new place Mm -hmm. first so that there's minimal disruption to their routine and their nap routine, especially with our younger babies who are still napping potentially three times a day or you know, two times a day, we want to have the least amount of disruption to their daily routine so that they can adjust quickly. So we know that this is not always going to be possible, but if you can plan for that, then plan to pack their room up last. So, you know, have everything else in the house. Also, when we're packing up our house, even though they don't quite understand what is happening, especially younger babies, they can still feel what is happening. It's like you know i don't want to compare animals to children or anything but when when we're going on a vacation or something and we have pets in the home and we're packing they don't necessarily know what's going on and so you know you might be packing up to leave and then the dog is there just sitting moping around because they have no idea what's going on um a little bit different with children of course because they are not our pets <laughs> their <are our> children <laughs> but However, they
1: feel what we feel right yep. they do they're sensing what's going on in the house they're gonna see the difference they're gonna feel that extra stress because as much as we want to try and decrease the stress um, in everybody's life moving is a big stressful event and it can be especially if you don't have any support if you don't have anybody to help watch the child's children um it, it can be a lot more stressful so that can play off as well so be mindful of that
0: yeah and packing up their room last can help with that as well just because then you're doing all the rest of their house of the house and then they room is less so less of an effect on them there
1: not even the whole room like i I would pack up all of the like extras but keep like oh of course blackout curtains the the crib like by that right maybe the change table you have some sort of makeshift change table in there you keep like the change table stuff but put that on the floor make like a set up a, a station there instead type thing but yeah keeping those big pieces so that they're still getting that sleep um up until ideally up until if you can it would be great right morning nap at home in the in home number one and then you know we take it down and we send it off with maybe partner or somebody else they set it up you do lunch and then we meet at the new house and we do nap number two at home at the new house yeah don't really think that's ideal (laughs) (laughs) because you also have to give yourself a break and recognize that those two moving days or that one moving day is just going to be potentially or has the potential to just be a complete write-off, right? Like those are going to be napping in the carrier and napping in the stroller. Oh, look at the stroller fits in the new house in the living room with no furniture. So we can put the baby in the stroller and walk them back and forth in the, in the living room for them to have a nap there, right? So of course, under supervision, we're awake. Yeah. And so taking that room down last and setting that room up first eliminates so much stress for you and trying to figure out where you're going to get that little one to sleep and getting them to adjust right yes it's it's really kind of a selfish thing for you (laughs) it's it's one less thing to worry and think about and reorganize right yeah and, and if you've moved a few times you know that you always set up the bedrooms first because that's the last thing you want to do at the end of the day when you're exhausted is like oh great need to move all the mattresses and set up all the, where are all the sheets? Like, that's the things like you want to get in and get those beds done first, right? So that you have a place to crash come, come bedtime.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And all the clothes, all the things that come into the bedroom second might be on the second day that you do that or something. Mm -hmm. But those big pieces again, we want those set up as one of the first things. So blackout curtains again in the new home, those get transferred from old to new home. So whether you're temporarily darkening their their windows then you would do that first and the sound machine if you have one we do recommend using one especially if you're moving but um the sound machine the crib and a little tip would be to bring their sheets their bed sheets right from the old home to the new home so that it smells still like the Mm -hmm. old home and it's a familiar scent if you wash them first i mean Chances are it's going to be fine, but if you don't wash them, then it's just more of that familiar scent that they're used to. And it just smells like home.
1: And you're going to see too, you know, your little one, right? So some little ones, those little pieces, are huge for them. Whereas some other ones are like, oh yeah, no, I didn't even notice that I've never slept mm-hmm. on this sheet before. And right, whereas other <laughs> ones are like, oh my gosh, this isn't my sheet. It doesn't smell like, it. it's not the one that I slept on last night, right? So some babies and some children are going to have um, different sensitivities to those little changes like that so mm-hmm. be mindful of that as well because it is something it typically like i'll say you know if we wash our sheets for the on the cribs like every four or five days i would put it like put a new sheet on this is the same thing when we travel right put a new sheet on two three days before you plan on moving the crib and then that way there um you get to kind of two-ish days afterwards as well if your sheets mm-hmm. last that long like I usually grow <laughs> up or pee or there's some sort of accident but you know
0: yeah and you know your little one with their temperament so my son who was very perceptive right from the get-go when he was six months old i moved a bed out of his room or maybe he was seven months or something we had a double bed in there just for guests and whatnot and um, for me in the night when i just needed to lie down on a bed then it was there for me but I moved that when he was about six or seven months old and I knew something in me knew that he was going to notice this, this move of the bed that was in there. And sure enough, he did notice it. So we know, whereas my daughter, I I don't think she really would have been bothered by a move. I could put her to sleep anywhere for the first year and she was totally fine with it. In anybody's room, anywhere, she would just go to sleep. Whereas my son was different. So we know our children and we can just plan for that when we're preparing. If you know Mm -hmm. that your little one is very sensitive to those changes, then you just take a couple of extra little steps to make sure that at the new home, you've got that set up for
1: them. Yep. One of our biggest tips when it comes to moving, and this is kind of regardless of how sensitive they are or not, you do want to take some time to let them hang out in their space before you ask them to sleep in it. Um, so this is, you know, we're exploring the closets, we are helping to set up the bed, we, um, you know, even our six, seven, eight-month-olds, it's not like we're like giving them tools, but we can hang out in hang out in there and um, we can get them set up with that little space so that they can kind of play while we're putting clothes away. Whatever it is, is we just want them spending time in there we want them to be familiar with it we want them to know that this is the closet over here and there's our window so even our little guys i'm picking them up we're looking out the windows big guys as well right we're getting them as involved in that room space as we can as much as we can before we ask them to sleep in it and this is the same thing when we travel anything like that is we're just letting them get comfortable with that space before we're saying okay here you go sleep in this brand new room never Mm -hmm. been in it before Yeah, so Mm -hmm.
0: this might mean that that day that you move, your nap schedule or the timing of sleep might be a little bit off because you're taking that extra little time to familiarize them with that house and the new room before you put them to sleep in it. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Keep to your regular schedule and your regular sleep timing as much as you possibly can with a little bit of flexibility because your expectation versus your reality might be a little different right so we say the picture go ahead sorry the picture perfect thing would be to do what we just suggested to do with the move but it might not work out like that and that's okay so we would rather your little one go to bed a little bit later than they're used to so that you can make sure that you take that time and let them explore just a little bit it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you have to let them explore for an hour and then they're an hour Mm -hmm. late for bed it's just you're not walking into the house and then bringing them directly into their new room and saying okay go to sleep in here now good luck to you right you're just you're letting them explore a little bit maybe for 15 minutes before you put them down or
1: 20 minutes or a half an hour if you can yeah I love it Um, And knowing that your best laid plan is usually never going to work out when you have children. (laughs) Like the amount of time that I have spent on planning things and I'm like, and great, 20 minutes into our drive and you've already thrown my whole plan out the window. So where's my like uh, plan A, B, C, D, E. So so have a plan. Again, that's those expectations for ourselves, right? We're going to be less stressed out. If we have this high expectation and it's not working out, we're going to be a lot more stressed out. If we lower our expectations welcome to 2020 learn how to lower your expectations in life (laughs) if we lower our expectations um or i should say not welcome but thank you 2020 uh you're gonna be able to decrease some of that stress right if we're not expecting this to go like this 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 um we're a little bit more flexible and overall again same thing when we travel same thing when they're sick is if it's off for a couple of days for moving day one two then you're gonna get back on track again right it's not like oh we moved three weeks ago when you know we had a really off day and we haven't been able to get back on track again we want you know by day two three depending on how your move is going by day two three we're back onto routine again we're back into that those timed if you're on that schedule or if you're looking at those wake windows but we're back on track again Mm -hmm.
0: yeah hopefully you do have a pre-sleep routine already set up for your little one if not then go and listen to our routine workshop our our routine uh, podcast sorry where you can learn a little bit more about that and you can just recreate your bedtime routine before sleep and that's going to help a lot because your child is familiar with these
1: with this sequence of events already yeah and again back to the expectations we're going to expect that some of the sleep is going to fall off the rails a little bit, right? There might be an adjustment period. I've had I've worked with some families where they've put little one to sleep and it was like, "Yeah, no, not a not even a big deal." Um like your little Iliana whereas there's a lot of other babies where those first couple of nights can be a little off or those first couple of days. Um so expecting that there's going to be some disruptions in their sleep. Things aren't going to be perfect. It's not just going to go, typically, it's not just going to go uh, super easily. So there may be a little bit more of that upset. But when you do put them into bed, um, especially if your little one's falling asleep on their own, you're going to want to offer some support. But be mindful of how much support, right? We don't want to go, if your little one has been falling asleep on their own for the last six months, We don't want to go on night two and now we're laying in bed with them until they fall asleep. That's going to be a very, it doesn't, does not take long to create new habits, right? Three days typically. So if we go all the way back to, or if we start all the way with laying in bed with them until they fall asleep, that's going to be a lot harder to get out of. Um, Or rocking and feeding to sleep when they're younger. Yep. That is
0: going to become an expectation of your child that your child has
1: very quickly. Yeah, okay, okay, so we're in a new room. So, oh, this is the new routine. Now you're just going to feed me until I fall asleep. Perfect. New expectation. I want to be fed every night before I go to bed. Right? Yeah. And that's not to say that if you did it
0: once that they're going to be hooked on that for life now. It's just we as the adults have to be the ones who set and, and enforce those limits and boundaries, right? So we know that especially depending on your child's age if they are a little bit older of a baby 10 months 11 months and going through some separation anxiety this move might create a little bit more upset at bedtime so you don't need to go all the way back to rocking them to sleep if you did it for one night that's okay you can still come back from that (laughs) Um, you just need to then say okay i'm gonna set those limits again on night two and I'm not going to do that and you just don't let it become something that is a new expectation and something that you have to now do every single night right um if you did find that you went down that that path we are here to help you don't hesitate to reach out to us and we can give you a plan and support to help you get right back on track again but if you can avoid going all the way down to now rocking feeding laying with them until they fall asleep if they have already been falling asleep independently so some of the things that you can do though are perhaps you just need to sit a little closer for one night or two nights right so if usually your little one you you do your pre-sleep routine you put them into bed and you just say good night but now at the new house they're really they seem anxious about everything you want to balance offering them a little bit more support maybe you go to them a little bit more frequently than you normally do and you offer a little bit of support there or perhaps you sit beside their crib for a night and then you move yourself out of the room very quickly so that you're getting right back on track again there is a happy medium there where you don't have to go all the way back to how it was at the beginning and you can still
1: offer a little bit of support
0: in the meantime, mm-hmm. temporarily.
1: That's that's the key, right? Temporarily, we wanna get back to where we were. So it's, we're offering that support to get them through that little hump, um, that adjustment, but then we are back out, like Elisa said. Um, now, when it comes to big kids, there's a few different things that we can do there. there we can be a lot more, they can be a lot more involved, right? So, um, if you are moving houses and they're moving from, you know, a a crib into a bed, that's going to be super exciting. You're going to go through and you're going to help them pick out, or they're going to help you pick out all of their new stuff for their bedroom, right? So they can have some more input, um, depending. Now, this is not something we don't, I don't know, maybe it's up to you, I guess. But um, uh, you walk into like the linen aisle and you're like, okay, pick whatever you want. We need curtains, we need sheets, we need blankets, right? So I would maybe say, if you have something in mind, have one or two options that if you want them to pick um, so that you're not getting, you know, Dora blankets and Paw Patrol sheets and all of the extra <laughs> stuff when you wanted a pretty like gray and, and pink um <laughs> design right so but allowing them to have some of that input getting them to help set up the beds help move boxes in like that's going to be stuff that they're going to be able to really see and explore and they're going to be taking in a lot on those moving days mm-hmm. they enjoy setting up their own space just like we do they do i don't set it i don't enjoy that well i guess i do enjoy it sometimes i just look at it and i'm like whoa really but they would that is something that they're going to enjoy they're going to like and if they you know again depending on your personality but would you like your bed here or here would you like your dresser here or here hmm, let's try this and then ooh, do you like this is it is it easy to get into oh maybe especially if it's like a little toddler bed right you can move those things anywhere um and then move it to the other wall oh which one do we like and and especially if your little one was really attached to the old house um this could be a great way to kind of get them more involved in accepting of the new Mm -hmm. house -hmm. this can be this can be tough too if you're like leaving so say you i've had a lot of families that have been like leaving grandparents house so they were like staying with the grandparents until their house was built um or until their new house was ready so now they're leaving the grandparents um so it's not so much the house it's the grandparents as well so there's there's lots of um emotional stuff tied to it for big kids as well
0: yeah you wanna make sure that you're telling them about the move and explaining, yeah. perhaps even showing them the new house, showing them pictures, showing it to them in person, letting them do a walkthrough with you if you can. You want to make sure that you talk about it, but not dwell on it and talk about it so much that you build that anxiety in them. So it's just kind of, you know, you're you're giving them a heads up that you're gonna be moving maybe you even have a calendar on that last week or two, where you're checking off the days until you move so that they can understand and they can visualize they can really see what's happening. Because as much as we explain it to them, children do really, really well with visuals and with pictures and things that they can see.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little Taking pictures. Oh. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think you were just right on the same topic as me. Yeah. So go ahead
1: making a little scrapbook of the old house Um, if your little one's very attached that can be something you're taking pictures of the of them in their old house so that we always have those memories right we want to build their confidence so i know buddy i know this is really hard you loved 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 the house look at these great pictures we've taken you know we're always going to have our memories right so you're just kind of Reassuring them that we're going to adjust but we're not fluffing it off. Oh, don't worry about it. You'll you'll love the new house soon. It's I know this is really tough. We loved Mm -hmm. I loved this house. And we have so many memories and like look at let's look through some of our pictures, even some of our old pictures that we've taken. Oh, my goodness. This was you in the bathroom and we have pictures of you in the bedroom. So our house is always going to be in part as part of our memories. Right. So you Mm -hmm. can do that with our older kids. Yeah, and then
0: You can also make things fun in your new house by making certain rooms cozy, you can set up forts, you can do fun things so that your child starts to develop some new memories in the new house. And just talking about your favorite things about the new house so that your child can see, okay, they're liking this and then they might come around to well they will come around to being able to like it as well and they'll find their own little things that they love about it so even if you just go back and forth and ask what their favorite part about the new house is and then you can talk about your
1: favorite parts about the new house. Mm hmm. And like, what did what do you miss about? Oh, I. you know what, I think I like this one better. And, and all oh, the, the one at the old house, though, that one was great. But I think I'll, I'll get used to this one. Right. So a lot of the way we are speaking, and our language around it is going to make a difference in how they're going to handle it and how they're going to adjust and how quickly they're going to adjust. We do know they're big kids, though, that again, most of what we see is, is that's coming out of our children is 10% of the surface, right, is they've got a lot of stuff that's wheeling, things that are kind of going on that they're processing behind the scenes. So not all of their, again, depending on your child, right, but expect, again, expectations, expect some big meltdowns, um, maybe expect, expect some off behavior as well as they're trying to adjust. Um it's an emotional piece, like we said. So mm-hmm. so being there to validate those feelings um, is going to be absolutely, absolutely a, a really big piece in how quickly they're going to adjust. Mm-hmm.
0: Allow them the space to be able to offload those feelings fully. Don't feel like if they are having meltdowns, see it as, okay, this is their opportunity to be able to get out these feelings. So try and let them have that space to get it out. I know that one of our biggest things as parents is we always want to stop our children from being upset mm-hmm. and if you listen to our crying podcast and you know that we see it as a way that they need to be able to to have these feelings so mm-hmm. a, a three-year-old or a two-year-old or a four-year-old even or even an older child might not be able to articulate all of those feelings that they might have and it might feel very overwhelming for them to have all these feelings that they just don't know how to express so that's when we see it coming out in more of that meltdown mode because they just don't know how to express it but we know that it's very important for them to be able to get it out whether they're able to tell us or whether it comes out in meltdowns and crying Mm -hmm. try and really be mindful of that and be flexible in that so that you're allowing your child the space
1: to have those feelings. Yeah, that's such a big, such a big piece, because if we don't allow it, and and you'll hear more about that in the crying episode, but if we don't allow it, it's just going to take longer and longer and longer. Like these, the off-track behavior is just going to keep going and keep going and going. Whereas if we're allowing that upset to kind of get out, they're going to process it, and then we're going to be able to get through it just that much faster.
0: Another thing that you might see during this process with, three, four, five, six year olds is you might see them needing to exert a little bit more control because they may be feeling like they've lost a little bit of control because of this, you know, new big change that has happened. So try and be mindful of that as well. And if you find that your little one is is dictating a lot of, you know, where they want you to sit, what they want you to do. And you're finding that they're just having a lot of that controlling behavior make sure that you're offering them choices during the day when you can so you know would you like this snack or this snack and that way they have options during the day and like Pam and Heidi said um, letting them choose some of their room can help with that as well because it gives them that sense of control so just offering choices when you can there are some things that are not going to be a choice for them (laughs) but there are other things where you might allow them to have that choice there like which snack they want to have out of this or this would they like to do this in this way or this way would you like to take a bath in this bathtub or in this bathtub and then they're able they're able to choose which one they would like to and you're giving them some control back
1: Mm -hmm. the illusion of the illusion (laughs) yes exactly goes Um, a long way with those it does ones it really does little ones big ones teenagers husbands (laughs) (laughs) adults hey guess what honey i just spent a thousand dollars on this oh my goodness you what just kidding it was only two hundred dollars oh yay I get get away with a lot of my big purchases how many times have I done that oh
0: you know I really I really want to purchase this it's it's going to be so beneficial for us look at this oh but it's you know it's a thousand dollars and then you look on another oh look but I found it for 800 oh good okay great take that
1: one that's hilarious I'll have to try that one guys oh I love it (laughs) Great little tip. Shh, don't tell. <laughs> it's a good um, thing our husbands don't listen to this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean we can start spewing more secrets. No. <laughs> um, well, thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate uh your time to come and chat with us today. Um, it's moving's a big one, but we hope that uh, it goes really well for you. Like Lisa said, if it's not, if you've moved you know, a couple weeks ago, and you're still really struggling with those bedtimes, restfulparenting.com, reach out, we can absolutely help. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, as you're going through it, just keep in your mind, it's a couple of days, we'll get back on track, right? And then, and then make that step forward to get back on track again, get back into your routine, back onto your schedule. And even if you're not
0: struggling with the sleep component, but you are struggling with the behaviors that have now yes. shifted since the move, and you're just unsure of how you can offer those choices, how you can let them offload and, and help them through this. We're also here for that as well with our parenting programs. We are
1: restfulparenting.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.